What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, what's up? It's your girl Tamara, aka Girl from Harlem. And this is Ray Daniels, aka the Culture Referee. Why are you smiling like that? Because it's show, man. <laughs> I don't want to do the show. This, this is show. the God Show. Tell them what this is. This is the God Show. And uh, why are you so nervous? Because, man, y'all don't understand. Like, I am. Imagine a player who's in the game, also doing commentary on the game of other players, like. Mm. This puts an X on my back. I'm, I'm really just, I'm more excited about sitting down with my bros, Willie Joe and Royce, who are our guests. Shout out to them. Welcome to the... Who have penned themselves the fly A&Rs. You better know it. And in doing this, I was like, what can we talk about? By the way, this is probably going to be, I'm probably going to do this list like 50 times. I'm telling y'all now. <laughs> I have to. Because <laughs> time, because it's like, you know, it's like, it's like the NBA. Like, somebody, the best basketball player of the year... It might not be the best guy. Like, last year, Steph Curry was the best basketball player. All right, player. I like that. I'll, so, I mean, I'll let you. Absolutely. So, I mean, I just need to make sure that, you know, people don't get, you know, I feel like this show going to piss some people off. That's all I'm going to say. I'm going to get DMs about this shit. I can feel it. I already feel people call me like, nigga, how you going to put, dog, this is just all fun and games and fun. And let's have <laughs> some fun. <laughs> I don't want to do this shit, but my bros are here, so we're going to do this shit. Welcome to the show, guys. Appreciate you. All right, so yeah. tell us a little bit about yourselves. I know, um, and what you repping? I know you all repping... Bay Area all day, Leo, California. Me and Willie Joe go far back. Willie Joe used to be an artist, and him and my group used to compete against each other. No we was way. the best in the city. Yeah, was the best in the city. Willie, I'm, in Atlanta I'm, or in Atlanta? Y'all not understanding this nigga Willie Joe will come out and do get him, got him good, and he was like, like he was doing like this shit where he would like rap normal, and then he'd get to another part of the song, and he'll just start shaking violently. While it was like. <laughs> like he was literally, if I'm being honest with you, like like it was Willie Joe, B.O.B., Janelle Monet, Jacob Lattimore, uh, Lil Chucky. It was a lot of us that were all kind of coming up in that like talent show circuit. But when Willie Joe was on the bill, he, he was out of all of us. He was the first one to get signed. Like he was the one straight up. 
Oh, and I got to give him his credit because this nigga, would, and it was because he was performing. Like, he wasn't just rapping. He was, like, bringing that bass shit to Atlanta. It was crazy. I can't tell. He looks so, like, calm and chill and, like. Yo, oh, this 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 book. new executive, Joe. Oh, that's what you, it is. You don't know. I'm sorry. I'm here, I'm here, I'm here to get the new executive, Joe. I'm here to get the new executive. Yeah, because he's legendary for live performance. Like, if you need, like, label solicit him now. To sit with an artist before tour. Oh, that's dope. Yeah, so tell us what you guys got going on right now. Uh, Big GM, man. Generation Now. Mm -hmm. You know, we're just pushing the movement. Uh, Top of the year, just, you know, we had a goal of trying to drop all, you know, many projects as we could. We we did a good job. We dropped Jack Joint. We dropped uh, Uzi EP. Dropped Mm -hmm. the SETI Gangsta Grills. This is our year. Uh oh. Okay. These dudes be talking we, to AR shit. I want y'all to know. They talk to AR yeah, shit. Listen, this is our year. This what is the year of it now. Because regardless of what it is, whether it's our CEO or the artist that we breaking or the artist that we broke, we dominating everything. It's something to talk about with us every week that's new. You know what's happening this weekend? Saturday Night Live, hosted by Jack Harlow. Oh, yeah. What are we talking about? Ooh. You know what just happened? Snowfall, DJ Drama. What? I still got it, Snoop Dogg. Ma, I got a family, NBA young boy. Three gangster grills in two days. Like, it's the year of the now. No label right now, this year, this moment, is overshadowing us at all. Yeah, drop them bombs for that. Drop them bombs <laughs> on them. I'm, I'm letting them talk. I actually right, hope that they, they steal the show right now, and I just jump <laughs> no, in. Right, right, no, 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 start. Keep going. Go. All I right, but I do want to go bros. back real quick, real quick, before we get into all that good stuff. So I know that um you came from the Bay. So what are some of the big musical influences in the Bay, and what makes their music so unique? Uh, It's a very um independent kind of uh, environment. It's really similar to Texas. Like, mm. You know what I mean? Where... Anybody that came up rapping, like, that's what you learned first. You learned how to kind of do it yourself, like, basically. And, you know, my influences, people like E-40, of course, Too Short. But, you know, I, I took a find into people like Mac Maul mm. and, and things like that because he was always came universal to me. And, you know what I'm saying, he was always appealing to me. So, you know, the Bay really known for, you know, don't, don't wait on nobody, do it yourself. Oh, I like that. So when you um, came to Atlanta, what was, like, the biggest culture shock? Like, what's the biggest difference between Atlanta culture and the Bay culture? No disrespect, Uh-oh. but like I never seen a you know a, a gay black man until I came to Atlanta. <laughs> That's a good way to you know what. I'm just be honest, openly too, like just yeah, yeah, comfortable. I, yeah, like you've seen it's also it, but dope because yeah. being here for over the years now, you know what I'm saying. I'm I totally understand it. You know what I mean? And I probably wouldn't if I was still out there. So. That's okay. one thing. One culture shock is, uh, I wouldn't say it's a culture shock, but it's more so when I first came, though. Like, now it's totally different. Like, I came in, what, two, 2001 or something like that? Like, it was it was a whole different time then than it was right now, though. Okay. This, it, was, it, was, it was way different than I ain't going to lie to you. <laughs> Who was the first person from Atlanta to embrace you? Uh... Fort Knox and, and I'm about Tyree. to say Willie Joe is the reason why. If you're from Atlanta, if you've ever got that Fort Knox and your arm was hurting, <laughs> Willie Joe is the reason for that. I met Fort Knox as Willie Joe's manager. Yeah, mm-hmm. it was Fort Knox and Tyreek. Tyreek, yep. Mm-hmm. How how did you two ended up meeting one another? I know you said like in the Ta- talent shows. Yeah. Talent was, shows. It was literally man. like so it was, you were looking for talent at talent shows. No, I was managing no, Rock, City. Manager oh, okay. Rock City, and he was being managed by Fort Knox and Tyreek, and you know. It was really like we should do a movie about that shit because it was a talent show. Well, Willie Joe won. We won. 
I, I remember one particular him winning and Teron being so mad walking home because I think the only talent show we ever lost to in Atlanta that we competed with was to Willie Joe. They, no, no, you don't understand. We were, Rock City would come to talent shows and be like, how much the money? Oh, it's $1,000. All right, perfect because we're going to get groceries with that. Like It was like we knew oh. we were going to win. And I remember he beat us at Peacock one night. <laughs> and it was like, bro, that did, it was like Teron was so mad walking home. Like, we're never supposed to lose to nobody. He was like, oh, but Willie Joe is our family. Fuck that. <laughs> we're not supposed we needed that money. It was like, we only lost the talent show one time. And that was a Willie and Joe. And the crazy part about them times is like, we really were sharpening each other's iron. Like, yeah. Like, little, if they didn't know, like, I would study them. Like, I would peep the way they would come out, how him, the two brothers would bounce off each other. Like, yep. it's a, that's, I start incorporating Fort Knox in my show because the way they was rocking. Like, so I just love the way we always was, you know what I'm saying, made each other better, but always supported each other, too. Willie Joe would perform Get Him, Got Him Good. Rock City would perform Bang It. Bob would perform Cloud Nine. Cloud Nine yeah. uh, like, literally, we would see each other. Yellow Wolf. Jacob Lattimore would show up with two dancers behind him. He was 12. <laughs> I saw Jacob Lattimore last night. Now he's a star and shot. You crazy about the Peacock show? That was the first night when Young Jock did this going down. Yeah, exactly. So, Young Jock, night. yeah. So, we, we literally, like, we all came up right. together. So, to see Willie Joe go from, like, A&R... I mean, from like rapper to A&R, it's like, it's dope because I didn't see him as nothing but a star. So watching him like, you know, brand to fly A&Rs and all the other shit, I'm just like, and Royce too, I seen them both come up. Royce was, I know Royce is an engineer. Like he was Gemini the engineer, but you know, he's Royce now. So, you know, I got to let these brothers grow into their shit. So, you know, I want to make sure we had them here. We talked our shit. Yeah, so I want both of you guys to kind of talk about your transition from coming from engineer to A&R and from artist to A&R. Um, engineer, I ain't gonna lie. Back in them days, we was at um, Verse Simmons. We he was under Akon and Boot Vision, and I be in the studio and I'm seeing the A and R's talk, and I'm realizing like, yo, these guys are making more money than me, and I swear they're not smarter than me. They can't even operate Pro Tools. So what are we talking about? So that's what I mean. At the time, I was just focused on being the best engineer I could, just to be a part of music, because that's a vital part of what makes me a dope A and R today. But um, so you still jump in at engineer? And- yeah, because at the end of the day, it's my deliverable. Mm-hmm. Like the music is the bullets and the gun that we shoot when we go in the office or we talking to product managers or whatever. So if there's something that I know I can do, I do that. Whether it's my job role, too many people are caught up in titles versus skill set. Mm-hmm. I feel like every A and R got a different skill set. Some come from managers, some come from being promoters, some come from engineers, some come from being artists. Each of those uh, paths has like a different value to it that you can bring in the creation of a product for the consumer. Mm, thank you. I appreciate that. It's smart, right? <laughs> we know a little science, science. <laughs> uh, what was the question? Um, so your transition from becoming an artist to uh, It, it kind of happened crazy. I mean, I was still rapping. Because even around those times, um, I eventually got signed to Show Enough, Jazzy Faye, and Capital. Mm-hmm. That kind of fell apart, like, in within six months. Like, uh, and Jazzy Faye broke up. The person at Capital that signed me, Ronnie Dad. Johnson, passed away. Yep. Mm-hmm. So I pretty much was in a limbo, and I pretty much just I fell out with Fort Knox and them with some management oh. type. So I, it was just like a whole whirlwind going in. So I felt like I need to go back to the Bay Area. Because the one thing that was going on at that time is I had Atlanta going crazy, but all the labels were called the Bay, and they'd be like, yeah, we know him, but he ain't got no presence here. And I took that personally. Like, I'm the type of person, like, I, I'm an authentic person. Like, if I'm out here repping the Bay, saying hyphy, they got to know. So when that happened, I, 
I physically went back to the bay, like, and made it a purpose to turn up. And I made, and that's what I did. Turned us, made a song E40, you know, became an anthem out there. Did all that. But then my boy, I got a best friend named Pills. He kept, you know, he been around since day one. He, he always used to tell me come back to Atlanta. Like, man, you've been out there too long. You need to come back. Like, you made too much of an impact. Too many people love what you did. You know, because he's feeling all of where Willie Joe at. Because, like I said, I, I left. That was my impression. I left. And, you know, everyone thinking this finna go ham. Like, you know what I'm saying? So you got to think. My whole class going crazy. Rock City. B.O.B. Like, everybody's going crazy from the stage to a national thing. And, and even though I'm doing my thing, you know, it was a little frustrating. So basically, he convinced me to move back. I moved back. And um, within a year, we was rocking. Boom, boom, boom. Long story short, people passed away. And then, uh, and then at the funeral, it was weird. I was leaving the funeral, and then I got a call from one of my close friends, Lake, who's the CEO of Generation Now. And oh, wow. He, yeah, he just hit me and said, man, wow. you know what? I've been talking to drama and canon and them, and I think you could be a dope A&R the way you've been doing your stuff. Were you nervous to make that? No, I looked at it like it was a transition from God. Like, I looked at it like he spoke right to me through Lake. So when he said it, I said, dang. And you got to think. He said, we're thinking about making you A&R. So he didn't say you were A&R. Right. That point on, I was at the office. I was there six months straight, no no pay, no nothing, like A&R and project that's out right now to where it just eventually became an A&R. And now to this day, I'm head A&R now. Wow. So. The importance of working for free kind of yeah. and getting your foot in the door. I think a lot of young kids nowadays don't even understand that you kind of got to, you got to, exactly. Russell Simmons said, like, I lost a million before I made a dollar. Like, you got to do some free work before you actually get to reap the benefits. Um, but are there any similarities between being an artist and an A&R? Uh, yeah, I think that's where I, um, my, my strengths come in. Cause like being that I was an artist, I know every emotion you have as an artist, you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Especially the emotions before anything cracks. Mm -hmm. like, so I, I kind of know how to, you know, kind of like install patience in you and like how you understand the whole bigger picture. And like one of my biggest strengths as an a &R is development. Cause I literally developed myself. So from stage presence to everything. So. That's crazy. So what do y'all think is missing in today's music industry? What do y'all think? From A and R perspective, what do you what would you say is lacking? What's y'all opinion on the music industry and what's going on? Two things: development and honesty. Because mm. honestly, some things don't need to be developed. Mm. <laughs> you feel me? Like anybody can quote unquote make it in a sense, but the part that your team plays really fast tracks that. Like I believe everybody I work with is going to have their shot. It will be the biggest thing. That remains to be seen, but the like the platform and the stage to put you on to give you a fair chance, for sure. So honesty and just development, because you just can't come out the gate knowing what it is. It's a it's a process to everything, and you got to trust it. Like my man said the other day, you damn near got to love the process because mm. it's going to keep you the most uncomfortable until you get where you want to go. Exactly, fire. What about you? Uh, Joseph. <laughs> Joseph. So, no, no. So, let me ask you a question. All right. So, what is the, what is the different kind of A&Rs that y'all think, if y'all had to categorize them, and what would you categorize yourself? Um, I think there's uh, admin A&Rs where they're just very great at the paperwork, and you, you, you never have a clearance sample late. You never have, you know, all your producer agreements. they on top of everything. I feel like it's a creative A&R who's, like, more hands-on on the creative side of you know, doing the music and woo woo, and then it's like the then it's the data one where it's like, you know, um, they pretty much make their judgments based off the numbers. And you know, I ain't mad at that. Me, obviously, I'm more of a creative because I I come from that. Yeah. 
What's your tell, what about you, Royce? Your A and R's category, and which one do you see yourself as? Um, I, I'm a, I'm a, outside of agreeing with what he said. I'm gonna break it down a little differently. I'm gonna be like, there's there's the workers, and then there's the illusion of the work. Mm. So for the workers, it's like you're really hands on to a certain degree. That don't mean you spend every hour in the studio, so on and so forth. But you put in a certain pieces in play to get the result that you envision. The, the, the illusioners, it's like you may have somebody that sets up a session and puts a bunch of people in the room and then walks away and just lets it be what it's going to be. Mm. So there's no control over file management or song structure or nothing that, like, they're loading the clip that you're shooting with. You know mm. what I'm saying? So it, it, there's really, like, workers, and then it's kind of like the illusion of the work that some people really focus a lot on. And it's like the work cuts through instead of just receiving songs from people if you kind of have a vision of what music you're looking for so you can put it out when you go to offer it up it's it's just reinforced because it's what you wanted type of thing i don't think enough anrs take advantage of the vision capability that they have in the situation like you ain't got to be the boss to add to the vision okay i'm gonna go i want to say that the level anrs to me i think you have the street lifestyle anrs those are the guys that you want to hang out in the club with you know, those are guys that's gonna pull up with the, the flyest chicks with or the, the 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 right drink. They know what party to go to tonight. You have those ARs. Do you have the studio ARs? Those are the people who are literally in the studio 24-7, 365. They don't wanna leave the studio. They know all the writers, all the producers, they are in the weeds and cracks of it. Then you have the the research guys. Those are the guys that pay attention to the numbers, right? The numbers and and watch what's happening and, you know, all of that shit that's going on with, like, data and all that other stuff. Then you have the office A&Rs. Those are the people who, when you go to Def Jam or when you go to Label, those are the people that you know going to be in the office, right? The lifestyle A&Rs, they ain't in the damn office. You're going to see them at the club tonight, right? Studio A&Rs, they in the studio. The research guys at the computer, they don't want to talk to you because they search, search the internet. Then you have those guys who you know for a fact when you go to New York, you're going to run into those guys, right? That's the fourth one. And then um, the fifth one, I would say, is the fascination and our guys. The people that are fascinated by it, think they do it, are <laughs> around it every day, but don't have no fucking clue and don't even want to put no work in to find a way to be that. Um, and I think that all of those guys eventually graduate to and our developers, Builders, right? I think uh, I think I've never been a lifestyle A&R. I've always been a studio A&R or uh, the record guy or the office guy. Sometimes I've been out of the shop. I guess you say I'm out of that. But my my graduation, I think the, uh, the evolution of that is someone who knows how to take an act, develop it from beginning to the end. That can say, this is where you belong. This is how your music should sound. This is how you should look. And here's the people that I'm going to put around you and get that. And I think that those A&Rs, that's what I would say that I feel like I do. But I feel like those A&Rs are the eventual graduation of everything else once you've mastered yours. Because I don't think nobody wants to be in the studio. When I was at Epic, I was in the studio every day, every night. And then I seen an office A&R come in, sign uh, Megan Trainer. Shout out to Paul Pontius. He signed Megan Trainer, And he literally just signed her, made sure all her stuff was right. He was in the office every day. And she wound up selling 10 million records. Meanwhile, I'm in the studio every night mm -hmm. killing myself, trying to make a hit. And he just let it flow, flow easily. And that was, that was a real lesson for me. So when I got to Interscope, I was trying to be the office A&R. 
when I got the one, I was trying to be the best of all of those things. And I feel like where I'm at now is just like I understand my role in this shit and what I shouldn't be or should be doing. As a piggybacking off that, do you think everything you just described is kind of like the career progression of an A&R? Because it's... It, you know, it kind of starts from an organic space where you're kind of like a dot connector or a social person. Well, well I mean, I think I think everybody has a way. So like Willie Joe, Willie Joe developed himself. So now they're like, yo, come help us with A&R. So you know how to, de- like, I can't teach an artist how to perform. I can say what I want, but you could tell them actually, yo, you got to feel it. You can yeah. actually do it. You wasn't, you're not just a coach. You were once a player. Yeah. I was never a player. I was always a coach, right? So, and, and, and for you, Royce, you can actually go in the room and you can hear sonically things and put things together. So that's the, that's the added value you bring to the table plus your passion that you're elevating to something else. But I, I've known both of you guys for, for years, and the one thing I can say is I see the hunger to be more, not the... I'm in this position like an A&R is supposed to make you feel alive. Right. A&R is supposed to make you feel like, like an A&R is a motherfucker that you sit in the room to make the act feel like this is the company for you, right? So you got to have that passion on top of the skill, on top of the fire, on top of everything else that it takes for somebody to be like, holy shit, I want to fuck with this guy. Like, I felt alive being around certain A&Rs. And certain A&Rs, I felt like, how the fuck did you get here? I'm just being honest. Like, how do you? How the fuck did you end up here? You don't even have you don't have passion or nothing. You you were just a great button pusher, or you knew the right producer or artist who didn't want to talk to nobody but you, and that's how you kept your job. So it's so many levels to it, but I like to categorize them as, as those. Okay, so I want all of you guys to actually answer this question next. Um, what is your number one obligation to an artist as an A and R? For me, I feel like it's seeing the vision through. Yeah. What does that mean? Um, I like to get with the artists when they're in the beginning stages of you know their project, kind of like talk to them, fill it out. Um, the dope thing with our artists is we kind of sign visionary, so they mm-hmm. kind of have a vision of what they want to do somewhat, so it's kind of easy to peep what they want to do and you know structure it and then help them finish it out. Mm-hmm. I like that. Question again, I'm sorry. Okay, what is your number one obligation to artists as an A&R? Um, for me, it's about communicating the understanding of the process that we're going through. Because, you know, expectations are free. Everybody can have that. But people don't really understand the process or the reality behind something. Like, if an artist is on a promo run and we're just, you know, we're hopping from plane to car, hotel, there's all kind of associated costs with this. And ultimately, at the end of the day, like, the artist is responsible for these costs, even though you're not bearing it up front. So I try to communicate the business to the artist because I have the balance of the creator with me mm. to it's like a good cop bad cop kind of thing oh I like that that's why you guys work really well together so you're like the navigator through it he's the one kind of making sure it goes from beginning to end like Joe helps me go with the flow you feel me because I'm real like uh, like technical technical and mm. analytical about things so he's an engineer originally so Joe kind of helps me kind of like yo sometimes you just gotta let it breathe and <laughs> let it be and it's gonna be what you want it to be type of thing got it yeah. and Ray, what about you? What do you think your number one obligation to artists is as an A&R? Honesty. I think, I think if you're going to be an A&R guy, you got to be honest. If you're going to be an A&R girl, you got to be honest. You got to be honest with the artist on how you feel. I mean, nobody is that good where they're always right. And if that guy was, he'd be the richest man in the world. He'll own the music business. Nobody's right 100% of the time. Nobody's even right probably 50% of the time. But as long as you could tell the truth about how you feel, 
and help somebody get past it, it works because when the artist works with you, they just want to feel safe with you. Like I said, A&R is your navigator through the entire building. Right. That's what A&R is, 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 the, is the person that's going to the marketing people, the digital marketing people, the radio people, the DSP sales people and saying, this is who I sign. This is where they are. This is where they sit. Here's where they got to end up. And you can't do that. You can't speak on someone's behalf without having that trust. Mm. So for me, uh, the A&R's number one responsibility is to be honest and build trust with their artists. They should be able to trust you in their sleep because they are trusting you with their dream. And let's be clear, the right, if the right artist song to the, signed to the wrong person, they fucked. Mm-hmm. So who you signed to is more important than anything else. It's like, it's like being drafted in the NBA. If you get drafted by the right team, you're going to be a superstar. Because they understand how to groom. And if you get drafted by the wrong team, you might be fucking out the league in a year or two. It's just a game. Before we sat down, right, I was talking with some of the people in the office. I didn't know. I thought A&R's kind of just were scouts. Like, scouted you. That is. That's part of it. But no, I didn't know they finished it through. I didn't know that they had to develop your project. I didn't know that. It's the liaison between the creative and the administrative. Oh, okay. So it's like I could be in the studio creating a record with you, but at the same time, I still need to understand all the musicians or producers or songwriters that's involved because I still have to submit terms for all these beautiful songs and outside of the cover art we still got to get the uh, photography agreement from the from the guy that shot and edits and so on so everything's real technical it's just as much business as it is creative so what's a mixed conception that people kind of have about A&R's anybody (laughs) (laughs) that the misconception I'll speak first the misconception (laughs) is that that uh, no I'm serious because because the misconception is that an A&R today now 10 years ago was different an A&R today cannot just sign you without traction you need to be doing something for an so like you could be with the EVP of any label and don't get me wrong he might be able to get one off maybe two if he's really got weight maybe Mm. two Mm. but that's it. And, and, and depending on how those two go, he might not ever get none off again. Mm-hmm. Every day when you're an A&R, you're putting your name on a line. What artists don't understand about this job is every day we wake up, I have to put my name on a line. And if you fuck up or if you fail, that you go home. I stay in the room and they look at me like, you signed Chocolate Daddy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you ever see that scene from, uh, what's that movie? Uh, 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 get him to the Greek. You signed Chocolate Daddy. How many units did Chocolate Daddy do? 20,000 units proud of every unit you got to understand that but if you are if you are the right A&R guy you sign Alicia Keys or something like that or or something that blew up then you can you can get your shit off but at the end of the day A&Rs don't have as many shots as you think they do like for every 100 artists coming our way you only can really fuck with one of them if you found two in a week or two in a six month period you came to fuck up Nobody discovers superstars better than just superstars. Mm. I, don't, I don't care what nobody said. The best A&Rs is going to always be an artist. Okay. Period. If you're an artist, and you because you actually speak the language that they speak, you live the life they live. Like, I remember, I, remember, I remember L.A. told me a story about, he was like, when Rihanna, because you remember when, um, when they signed Def Jam, um, when they signed Tia Marie, remember she was on the front cover of that XXL magazine, not Rihanna. Yeah, no, I'm th- they, meaning, I mean, it's not, it's not a secret. That's actually public record. And if you pay attention, if, if Tierma is on a front cover and not Rihanna, what is that? What is Dev Jam communicating to the world? That Tierra is our priority, right? Mm-hmm. Well, L.A. told me the reason why he said Beyonce came to him and was like, that girl right there is the one. I heard that story before. 
Yeah, like, dog, he, he told that story yeah. before. Yeah, so if you look at, like, like if I got an artist I want to fuck with, I want to hear what other artists think about him. It's a successful artist. Like, I'm going to listen to an artist before I listen to any executive, in, in, period, because they see shit that we can't see. They are it. That's why Willie Joe probably got the advantage over me and <laughs> Royce right now. <laughs> yeah, so what do you guys think some misconceptions are about A&Rs nowadays? Uh, to me, it's that A&Rs is extinct. Mm. I feel like the ones they focus on maybe, you know, ain't delivering it. But there's a, I know a lot of people personally that's in the game that's definitely A&R and that's definitely on top of their shit that definitely has a passion for it that's developing these artists. So I think I feel like the misconception that it's extinct. I think it's alive and well. And then outside of that, it's just like, it's just about like listening to music and liking music. And it, it's, it's not way that. deeper than that. Uh, it's so many people that come around and then eventually they want to be that, like they want to be an A&R. And it's just like, well, I mean, there's a lot of other vital positions because the A&R, we're taking something from nothing to trying to be something, you know, like. If, if a person's in a different sector of the business and they deal with a physical product, they just got to focus on selling that physical product. And that could be more advantageous money-wise than gambling on a loan investment type thing. Okay, but, I asked this question and it started an argument, so I want to see what you guys say. Start an argument. Let's go. Well, I, don't, I think it was just different points of views. Who is your loyalty to when you're at A&R? Is it to the label or to the artist? Woo! Let, <laughs> let them answer. <laughs> Why? <laughs> Why? Why is this, this like a thing? I thought okay. this was I'm gonna let them answer. Then I'm gonna break down. I'm a, this is this, this. That's a very very good question. Okay. I'll let them break it down. It's a balance of both. But the, <laughs> hold on, I'm, I'm gonna get. I'm gonna switch the side. Let me just start just with the preface. You feel me? It's a balance of both. Um, but ultimately, um, the my loyalty is to success. Uh oh, I like that one. Mm. I know that's right. So <laughs> he, he, he created his option. Yeah, like. <laughs> <laughs> 48 laws of power. A, you know? B, no, I'm <laughs> so, yeah, my loyalty is to success because sometimes, and being that bridge between creative and administrative, there may be something that the label doesn't understand that I can help translate, or something that the artist doesn't understand that I can help translate. So, but you got to pick one. <laughs> pick one. Thank you. I, I, I'm going to have to pick. Listen, you got to pick. I, I want to hear your answer. Gin Now is the label that pays me. Hello. It's the year of the now. You, you feel me? Talk. Like, I will never downplay. The, it's, and it's not even Ooh, about just working just, for a great such a hard label. question. It's you right, it though. Is. It's just the foundation that, you know, Drama Cannon and Lake have allowed, that they built and allowed us to continue to add on to. Like, I just never take that for granted. You know what I'm saying? So, but again, it's not label against artists. We all focus on the same thing. We just may speak a different language. So, as an a and r it's your goal to be the translator, so you ain't got to choose sides. Okay, good. I like that. What about? Uh, I think it depends <laughs> on the situation. I think my situation is the label for sure. But, you know, a lot of situations aren't family built like that. So, you know. Yeah, because DJ Drama is the um, CEO of you guys. Correct. Right? So. DJ Drama, Don Cannon, and, and Lake, Lake, Lake Cheesy. Show. Okay, now, family. All right, right. Come on, school us. So here's why it's a hard question. Because I know some A&Rs that have literally only kept their job because of loyalty to their artists. Mm -hmm. Like, literally, like, I can speak, I, I don't want to know if he even want his name out there, but I'll say it. But Wayne Williams literally was an A&R Jive Records for 30 fucking years because in his only project he had to handle was R. Kelly. And when R. Kelly got sent home, they sent Wayne home. I'm mean, just being honest. Like, I'm just being real. So, so I feel like I've seen artists 
make careers. Aaron Basha got became the CEO of became, became the president of Interscope because when Bruno Mars won Best New Artist, he shouted him out. The artist is who makes us the stars. The, the company is who pays us. So you got to decide to yourself, do you want to get paid or do you want to be a star? So my response is going to probably be, I'm going to roll with the stars because if you're a star, you're going to always get paid. All right, now I like that. And, 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 and no, it ain't no battle though. Like this is the thing. No, no, no. But can I tell you something? No, you, but you're right. But here's the thing: you guys also work for a boutique label where it is. You guys are probably eating at the dinner table together, right? Mm-hmm. But if you got to look at it from a standpoint of a bigger artist, like, 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 it's no loyalty in this music business, bro. And here's the yes. thing: nobody knows. Like, you're literally signing an artist to a company from an A&R standpoint that is not yours. That company can let you go today, and that artist will still be theirs. And they could cut ties on how you do it. But if you if the artist is side with you, and the artist is like, "I'm not recording shit until that guy's involved," that company will reluctantly pay you. So this is the thing, though. That should be built in your rapport with the artist, regardless. Like just because Agreed. my loyalty lies with the company doesn't mean that this artist is not going to fight tooth and nail for me. It just means that if the best interest, because the the company's best interest is the success of the artist, and the artist's best interest is to be successful. So if we're both aligned on the same end goal. How could we ever be on opposite sides? But here's the, the thing, though. Street? Okay, I'm, I'm gonna tell you because the artist can have a different agenda than the company. The company and the artist can have two different agendas. Prime example. L.A. Reid, when he got let go from Arista. Nigga, Outkast won album of the year that year. They took L.A. Reid on stage with them. After he got let go, and was like, shout out to my bro. Nah, real talk. Like, real talk. But that's what also led Def Jam to call in L.A. to say, come over here and run this. Mm-hmm. Well, this is what I tell you, though. I'm Am not, I wrong? You're not wrong, but it's like, as a caveat to that, I'm not going to not make a decision just because, like, the label may not agree with it. You feel what I'm saying? Like, everything's about the best interest of success. And that that don't side on either party. You know what I'm saying? Like, for, for them to call him on stage, like, that's because of the rapport that he built with them. Because it's like, regardless, you know, I, I'm fighting. But think for about it. How do you get fired from a job if you just had the artist that won Best New Album at the Grammys that week? How does that happen? You know why? Because the label... The conglomerate might have a different agenda. It might be, we don't want a popular CEO. We want a quiet CEO. We don't like that the artists love you so much. There could be so many reasons why you can get let go from a job. But mm-hmm. if, if you have a relationship, it's like KP. KP signed Tip. Him and Kip, Tip and KP is still tight. KP did Usher's album. T- KP and Tip is um, Usher still tight. When you go to Usher's show in Vegas, KP is DJing right now. Like, mm-hmm. if you remain friends and have the relationship with the artist, the superstar, and that relationship is 100, they're going to always look out for you because they are the real ecosystem. Yeah, but I, like, I, I peep all the examples. All the examples you show of artists that's doing it is artists that come from our cloth. I'm trying to figure True. out what artists are you talking about in this millennium because <laughs> ain't none of these niggas ain't none of these niggas looking out for nothing. That's why my answer was what it was. No, no, but but I feel like artists are different. These but days. but then I Facts. think Gemini had the best. I mean, Royce had the best answer, Uh-oh. which is I'm, I got I, I know him, I I got to name my phone as Gemini, but we gotta call him Royce. I gotta respect his name change. Like it's like when two chains are from tit. I still call two chains tit, by the way. But whatever. But my point is, is that. You're right. You should be on the side of success. But all I'm saying is, is that Warner Records, Def Jam Records, Arista Records can fire 
the entire company from the CEO down to the assistants and every artist on that company is still going to be there. So you know what I'm trying to say? So it's like, mm-hmm. but what keeps you in the game is when artists fuck with you heavy. And I know one specific situation where an executive kept his word to an artist and the company fired him. I ain't going to put him on blast because, you know, <laughs> no real talk. The company fired him for staying loyal to that certain superstar artist. Mm-hmm. And he was down for six months. But because the artist community was like, shout out to him for being one, looking out for us first. At the end of the day, this business does not work without artists. It can work without record labels. It can work without record labels. It doesn't work without artists. So for me, if if don't and don't get me wrong, I'm an I'm an executive. I'm an advocate for executives, but I don't give a fuck what you say. If you signed a huge artist, you can get in any door that you want. You can't get in any door because you got a huge title. Correct. Because I could become EVP of nothing records and nobody's gonna answer my fucking phone call. At all. But if I say I'm on Bruno Mars team, everybody's answering my phone call. Okay. So I, the, the artists create the ecosystem that we're in. That's why artists developing is so important because now the music business is becoming a song business rather than an artist business. So that's the scary part. So now you got 50 plaques on the wall and I don't even recognize one face. I know who he is, but who the fuck is all these other people? He went gold. He went platinum because of how the new music business is shut down. But he don't matter either. He got a platinum record and he's at home trying to figure out what to do next. Well, this is the thing, like, it, because the music business has been around so long and this transition with streaming and such, it's like meeting the stats versus cultural impact is two separate things. I feel like you have a lot more artists today meeting the stats of money, plaques, so on and so forth, but culturally impacting to where they represent the times for real. I don't think that's that that's in short supply these days. Agree. Agree. I, I'm going to lie. Like, y'all right. Like, it's crazy because Jack Harlow is doing SNL. And I was looking at it. I was like, damn, that's crazy. Because he's not just, fuck, he's performing at SNL. He's hosting it. It's only a few artists in history that has ever performed and host on SNL. That means you are, SNL is a measuring stick to, like, who you are in the world. That means white America loves you on top. No, for real. That means not just white America, cool white America. Not middle America, cool white America. America, the, the cool white America loves you. So that's, but that's because Atlantic is probably breaking the records. And Generation Now is tr- we're focusing on breaking the artists. This is built off a foundation of legacy, greatness on greatness. So it's like when when you look at Jack Carlo, right? First, we already like drama already built him canon. Like they already built their legacy, the gangster yep. grills, the DJ drama, the Don Cannon, so on and so forth, and then. To introduce and maximize with Uzi, like that's historical, right? And that's enough for a label to ride off of in itself. But then to circle back again and have not only success with an artist, but it's attacking something culturally. You understand what I'm saying? Who gives y'all the culture? I mean, we're generation now, we're representation you of the culture. You're saying what I'm saying. You give the culture. That's what I'm saying. Like labels don't break artists. Labels break songs. That's what they do. Artists break artists. Uh, uh, production companies break their artists because a label is focused on the money, which is right. They're supposed to be focused on the money. And the money comes from the record breaking, right? That's where the money comes from, the streaming, right? The money comes from the record breaking. And the, the, the team, on the other hand, wants to break the artists. And that's how we do it. So 
generation now is being is, is breaking the artist while Atlantic is breaking the records. That's why it works. If you look at anything that works, I promise you, dog, labels focus on the song, New Music Fridays, getting the song on the playlist, getting the song on the radio. But the momentum that you create from your cultural impact, it aids the song. But I agree. You can have a song on a playlist and it go dead after the first week or I two agree. because there's no momentum or ecosystem for the consumer to be a part of. Who gives you the culture, though? Don't forget drama took Uzi, said Jack Harlow. He took them all on tour mm-hmm. before they was anybody, right or wrong. Correct. That's how you get the culture. He made them do freestyles before anybody, right? That's the, that's the shit you can't see. That's the, that's the shooting in the gym that don't count. And the label said, give us what's popping. Oh, the data's telling us we got some here. We're gone. And now you playing catch up and then you create a superstar. But how hard is that without... Think about it. I'm, I'm with you. It, 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 I mean, it wasn't that strategic. That, the way you explaining it sounds amazing. I didn't, I didn't it say it was strategic. I'm not saying strategic. I'm just saying, mm-hmm. first of all, in order to break an artist, you need to, it, it's them that like a miracle. You need like all of the stars a lot of at the same time, and then you break an artist. Let's be honest. It's not, it's not easy because if it was easy, we'd be having way more breaking. Correct. But the reason I, I've codified it. Look at If you look at all of the artists breaking right now that have broken in the last 10 years, five years, all of them have been connected to a production company or they were just brilliant marketers of themselves, i.e. Lil Nas X. Give me an example. Give yeah, me an example of an artist that, that... What you mean explain? Like, so, okay, so, so let's look at it. Kendrick. Kendrick was signed to TDE. Uh-huh. SZA signed to TDE. Look at the artist breaking. Just talk about... Just name, just name artists breaking. Artists that are breaking. Jack Harlow, Generation Now. Come on, name artist breaking. Seti Hendrix. No, no, no. I said breaking. Tamara wouldn't know what that is. That's what, that's what I'm saying. The baby is signed to Arnold Taylor. Right. Uh-huh. I, I added my little. You no, know I'm saying, but the baby signed to Arnold Taylor. That's why he's breaking. Like Arnold. T- yeah, that's why he. Yeah, he was signed to Arnold Taylor. Yo Gotti has money bag. Yo, like dog. If you look at the artists that are breaking, if Glorilla signed directly Kodak. to a label, she would not be having as much cultural relevance if she was signed to Yo Gotti because Yo Gotti is gonna put her in certain rooms, make certain moves. He gonna take her to Cardi B himself. Like dog, and R can't make a Cardi B phone call and say I went on a feature. Y'all know that it got to be somebody who got the relationship, the connections. That's who cares about breaking the artists. That's the perfect storm. Y'all break the record. Let me break the artist. Y'all kind of mentioned it, but um, how did the internet change that influence the A&R game? Like now it's, it's changed from talent shows and stuff to what now? Uh, yeah. To, <laughs> unfortunately, it changed. It, 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 it's wide open. Like it's no, like back then, I did showcases because that was the only way to be in front of Shaka Zulu. Is that like, a good thing or a bad thing? Like everything being wide open? I think it's a, I think it's a double-edged sword. Like, mm-hmm. it's, it, it's a good thing and a bad thing. Only reason it's bad is because the things that it develop out of you when you're in the, on the other side, when you, you got to do the showcase to be in front of a shock or somebody like that. Like, the characteristics and just the development, that the things that it do for you is unmatched. But, obviously, it's, it's better when I, you know, probably can DM him or something and he's going to respond. Like, obviously, that's way easier. But, uh, I think that made it easy. Made everybody lazy. I mean, I, I, yeah, yes and no. You feel me? Because as time has gone on, I feel like 
the same way you have like the metaverse or something, right? Every artist has to create their ecosystem. So if a if a consumer decides to like engage with you past just listening to your song, they have a world to walk into. Enough artists today don't have no world for an, for a consumer to walk into past the record they just fi- finished playing. The internet made it super easy. If you can't make it in today's internet, if you can't make it, then you just don't deserve it. Like Willie Joe had to. Find a ride if he ain't have one. <laughs> Find a way in the show in case if he ain't have one. Perform his song that none of us ever heard. Sweat, work hard. Leave a CD with you that you hoped that you that you hoped that they took home with them, put in the car and listened. Actually, that you hope got to a DJ. Compared to now, all you got to do is do a freestyle on the table, put on the TikTok, it goes viral, and now everybody's like, oh, did y'all see that freestyle? It's easier now. Now, don't get me wrong. It's a, it's a lot more artists. The hardest part now is consistency with it being so easy. I disagree. It's not easy, bro, because, because internet I like, has I leveled like you. the playing field. I like you. Did you argue against <laughs> me? Nah, nigga, let's do this. I love it. Let's go. It, like, the internet has leveled the playing field to where it's like, it's not about just the people that's in the room with you. Like, it's about the people across the world with you. So to be able to cut through, of, like, we know how much music is uploaded every week, Tuesdays, Fridays. 100,000 a day. Exactly. So with the internet, that's millions of co- pieces of content that you're breaking through to actually have it be relevant amongst everybody in the room. That's not easy. It's not, it is. I can prove it. I can prove why it's easy. Okay. I started a podcast. The first thing I said to my team was, I had a whole team. I said, if we can't do this consistently, we shouldn't do this. If you pay attention to how the first four months of my Instagram, when I was posting clips, that was literally not a podcast. <laughs> that was literally like, Am I lying? Come in the, am I lying? Mm-hmm. Come in the room, ask me three questions. I'm going to answer. Whatever answer looked best, we posted. That's why I was an R3 sign behind <laughs> me because it was like, what the fuck are we doing? But my thing to the, my team was, was that it's like if we can't wake up and shoot the gym under any conditions, we should not commit to being a team. So what I'm telling you is, is that you're right. I, but I said that. I said the new world, the hard part is being consistent with it being so easy. If you want, if, if, listen, the hardest part of the new world that we live in, and y'all know it, is, is making our artists, this is the hardest part of being an A&R, is making our artists do the work they have to do for themselves. Correct. Am I right or wrong? You're correct, but this is, this is the thing that you're leaving out, though. This little device right here makes everything possible right now. If, like, yeah, we want more formalized, you know, professional content or whatnot, but the way the world works today, even if something look, you know, not professional, that's just an aesthetic. That don't that matter. Exactly. So it's like, it's that much easier. If I need an artist to do a drop or go live you, you or just, whatever, You just back right? my shit, you said it's that much easier. I'm saying, okay. It's, that's my point. It's <laughs> easier. No, it's easier to create what's necessary in order to cut through, but you still got to cut through in the plane. And, and, and let me tell you something. The only ones that cut through are the consistent ones. Like, Glorilla FNF wasn't viral her first don't mean song. Consistent, that she, bro. No, no, no. I, no, viral don't mean consistent. But I have a rule on the AR side that I tell everybody. I say, if we know what we're aiming for, we'll hit it 100 times out of 100. Three times out of 100, it might go viral. Three out of the 100 we did might go viral, but we got to constantly shoot at that same location 100 times, and one of those is going to work. You don't know which one's going to work. Neither do I. But for me, like this our podcast took off. We put a clip out about hip hop being R and B being dead, and Puff posted it a month later. We didn't even know about it. We didn't even know like he was gonna post the shit. But guess what? Did we sit around being like, man, that hip hop is R and B? That that clip is gone. Somebody gonna pick that up and and go with that? Nope, we didn't do that. 
We just kept putting out more content, content, content. And eventually, people going to come there. That's why, fat, that's why franchises are so much more successful than fucking startups, right? Because if I see a McDonald's, I know that McDonald's is going to be there. I know what to expect from that McDonald's. But if I see that store that say Willie Joe and Royce's, I don't know if they're going to be there six months from now. What if I invest in the restaurant mm-hmm. I love it and they're not there? A sniper shot plus somebody who blindfolded can hit the same target. You feel me? You just don't know. A sniper shot is more guaranteed, but if you got your eyes closed and you're shooting a bunch of shots, yeah, at some point it's going to hit. But if you a sniper shot, it could still hit. You feel me? Like, the thing about, about that, going back to the viral activity, the thing about being viral, you can't premeditate that. That's just about being in tune and the frequency and being in the ecosystem of what's going on. Like, the fact that Diddy's whole thing is love and it's R&B and bringing R&B back and then the fact that you're already of the culture and you've been consistent with this podcast and that just so happened to be the subject matter that week to where that content could represent what he was talking about or what his movement is, that's what it ends up being. It's not something that you can kind of predict or premeditate. You can't. You're right. So that's why it's not easy with no, the internet. No, you're right. But that's why you got to stay consistent because you don't know which one is going to work. But if you don't shoot enough, nothing is going to hit. Every artist, dog, every artist's biggest problem is... That's the basketball you miss every shot you don't take. Every every artist's biggest problem today is that they don't want to do all the necessary work it takes to be an artist. I guarantee if you look at the artists that work and the artists that didn't work, the artists that work were the motherfuckers that did everything possible to win. Not the motherfucker that was like, man, it's hard. It's not hard. It's actually easier, more consistent, free to do it. Only hard part is, can you do it constantly for nothing? If you can do it, because if every time I take a shot, it costs me $1,000, I'm going to be different on them shots I take. Mm-hmm. But if every shot costs a dollar, I don't give a fuck, because 1,000 shots was $1,000. So for me, it's like artists, artists thinking big is what loses the music, it loses them in the music business. You got to think small now. You got to think, fuck, how can I get a million people to fuck with me? How can I get 1,000? Because if that thousand can fuck with me, now I got a thousand people down. An artist can make a million dollars a year if they had 10,000 true fans. Of course. Exactly. So why are we worried about the big shit when we should be worried about the neat shit that's us? And most of the time, the things that go viral are those things. True. But, like, you do, but do you know what works? Let me ask you, do any of us know what works? None of us know what works. The only thing that we, only way you know what works in today's world is trial and error. Yeah, I don't think there's a particular formula. It's you not, the only formula, it's, it's no formula, there's only one formula. Consistency. Keep trying, right. It, it's, it's, that's the only formula I'm saying. I'm saying consistency. That, you can be, you that's can the be, only possible remedy to, to like getting success at some point. But other than that, it's people that pick up the gun first day and just look and they hit the target. And guess what? Those people are the ones that should be the worry because they don't know the fuck they did that first time to get the trick. And then when they get signed to people like us, we telling them, they looking at us like, what's the answers? And we looking at them like, what the fuck did you do to get on in the first place? Going back to RG reference earlier, Lil Nas X, like the things that he continues to predicate his career on is not what he gains success on. True. He's but, shooting a different shot every time, and it's, that's, that shit landing. Yeah, but why is it landing? Because he, he's also culture. Some artists, are, some artists are songs. Some artists are culture. Little Nas X understands how to make us feel something, even if it's not a song. I, I probably know five of his songs, yep. but I know every tweet he posts. Why? Because he says some shit that makes the internet talk about him. He understands that I have to exist in the music world, and I have to exist in the social media ecosystem, I have to exist in the culture system. He understands I have to serve all these people. It is a full-time job. But you can't lose if you are fucking consistent. 
All right, before I let y'all get into y'all debate, the good stuff. That this we is good, by the way. I like, this, I like when somebody argue with me. Cause yeah, no, I, I think this one is going to cause a little, well, I don't know. We'll oh, see. Um, so it's just, um, what are some critical <laughs> mistakes that A&R's make? Anybody have, like, a big red flag? I don't have an A&R job right now, so I'm going to let the A&R's talk. You, you are something else. But you uh, got experience, okay. so I'll let you go. <laughs> I, to me, is. um trying to live their vision or they dream through the artist. That's why right. I fuck with him. Mm-hmm. Like I think that's the the biggest thing. Like it's 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 the artist's dream. It's the artist's vision. And if, even if they don't have a vision, it's your job to, you know, see how they carry their stuff, what they do, what they're into, to come up with the vision with them, not for them. Like, you know what I'm saying? I think the I think a lot of ARs be living their dreams and they and what they how they see things through the artist. Mm-hmm. That's okay. what I would say. I would say most ARs think I always focus on what L.A. Reid taught me. L.A. told me, he said, uh, C-level, uh, he said, uh, A-level executive can never take a C-level, t- exec- a C-level talent to the top. But he said, a C-level executive can be taken to the top by A-level talent every day. Mm. So the one thing I had to start doing was getting out the way and allowing the artists to lead because they're the ones who take us to the top. We don't take them to the top. We just mm-hmm. give them the tools and the information for them to do it. But if they don't do it, it's nothing that we could do. Because we don't make the songs, we don't perform the songs, we don't do the work. All, All right. right, so now we're gonna get into the good stuff. Ray, you're gonna introduce it. Tell us what we debating today. And stop, stop. He got so nervous once I even started talking about that we were gonna go into the debate. Okay, fix your face. Let's go, come on. Okay, no, you the one, come on. Okay, so, topic. so, on, so you know, be, being that this is the GOATS and the underdog show, a.k.a. The God Show, we like to put together our GOATs and underdog list of our personal favorites today on who our favorite. So these guys are the fly <laughs> A&Rs. So I want to put together our list of their top GOAT A&Rs and their top underdog A&Rs. So that's what we're about to do now. So I'm going to let Willie Joe go first because he's at the end of the table. We're going to go with your underdog list, okay, I'm about to and then we're going to go to your GOAT list. All right, cool. And then you, the way we do it is you read the list off, and then you can tell us why after. All right, cool. Underdog, five. Um, number five, I'm going to have to go with Sycamore just because he's – obviously, he was a, a friend no, of mine. No, no, we're going we to go, we oh, go to that. No, no, start over. Like, yeah, right, top five. Under, top five, underdog, and uh, number five, Sycamore. Number four, Orlando. I'm not going to say the Warden. last name. Yeah, yep. Warden, but yeah, boom. Love Orlando. Number three, Bearline. Number two, my boy Dallas Martin. Number one, Dash Sherrod. Man. Now give us your top. Well, how do you want to do it, Tamara? You want to do, do underdogs? Underdogs? Underdogs. So, we, I mean, we, we got a lot of overlapping. Um, <laughs> shit, <ain't funny>. He's stressed. <laughs> uh, Bearline, definitely. Um, Orlando Waltenberg, I believe is how you pronounce it. Um, you know, and just being here in Atlanta, I don't think people bring up Jermaine Dupree enough because he really. Well, I, I, he wasn't on the list because he does way more to A&R. I, I was trying to keep it core A&R. Okay, okay, okay. Because um, my last one, I was going to say, you know, DJ Drama, Generation Now. He's Hello? breaking He's artists. plugging himself. He's like, not playing. No, this is the thing. When you fill the gap between the product and the people, 
you're connected administrative to creative. Like you're A and R. I understand everybody does a lot more, but it's like that's why it's an underdog because it's so, it's so embedded in what they're doing. It's a talent that's not given any catered to. Like we pray we praise drama for the biggest mixtape series and all that good stuff. But outside of that, like the artist, it's not just about just breaking artists or having a hit record. <laughs> you feel I me? Mean? It's about establishing career and new cultural lanes that thrive other artists. Uzi has allowed a multitude of people to have a career. But anyway, I don't want to give us your top five again. I'll start off with five. I want to. <laughs> Make sure I said Barreline, Drama, Orlando Waltonberg, um, number two. And did you say it in order? I know I did not say it in no, order. No, give us the order. I don't really have no order, man. So, no, see, that's not. You gotta do an order. You gotta do an order. Well, this is the hard part. That's why I'm so stressed. That's why I'm sweating right now at this point. All right. Um, num- Damn. Number five, Barreline. Number four, um, Orlando. Number three, Dallas Martin. Um, number two, I still said Jermaine Dupri originally. Um, and number one, DJ Drama. Who you, you said was number two? I'm sorry. I, I, went, I still went back to my Jermaine Dupri. Okay, cool. Okay, cool. So you're going to you stay with your list. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> now, is that your I final answer? reasons, you know. Shout out to Barrelline, New York. We, we in the building. Harlem, what's up? Okay. Um, so I got a lot of honorable mentions because these are all my friends. Oh, Hold on. Who? I just gotta I know we can do audible mention. Right. No, we can yeah. do it. I mean, uh, we. I mean, we. If you watch no, the show, we no, hold on, hold on. We got Give the five underdogs Thank first. You. Like, let's stay, let's stay on track. You trying to change the rules? Ah, nigga, I don't want to do this part. The show can end right now, and I'll be happy. These my motherfucking friends. I know I'm gonna get a phone call. Like, nigga, Ray. All right, cool. So I'm. I'm just telling y'all right now. Number five. Number five. I have a tie. Listen. Damn, this skill, nigga. I done made a lot of motherfucking You got Jermaine Dupri and Drama on your list Neither one of those are considered A&Rs One is considered a DJ first and a producer first No he is a great A&R But that's like me adding Gucci But Gucci is way more than A&R You can say that though That's legal you ain't gotta have the literal job. Like you, if you doing the job, like my man said before, he was working as an A and R before it was literally a paycheck or right, title. Man, the gonna, work is the work. Listen, 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 Royce. I'm gonna give my goddamn list. All right, number five, five, bro. Number five All that is, tie shit. Number five is four is and five. Both gens, Drake and Gogochia. Okay. Jen Drake and Jen Gorgachia. Damn, I left Gorgachia. See what I'm trying to say? <laughs> See what I'm trying to say? So my, tri- my tie on number five man. is my tie on number five is Jen Drake, Jen Gorgachia. I know I'm saying it wrong. Gorgachia. Jen Drake, Jen Gorgachia, and Dash, my five. I gotta give him that because those are all my that's brothers and sisters. Number four is Derek Arrow. Love Derek. Yeah, three fives? Okay. Nigga, hey, listen, man. That's my list. These my friends. I got 15 honorable mentions. My number two, my number three is Dallas Martin. Okay. Mm-hmm. Number two is Lon Ray. Ooh, I love Lon Ray. I love talking shop with her. And number one is Omar Grant. My bro at Rock Nation. I just love okay. these are the people who I love talking shop with that I learn from. It's top ten list. Over All right, here. now this yeah. is this is where y'all gonna get in trouble. This is where the good stuff. Nah, the ghost is actually easier. The ghost the, is the, easier. The underdogs is hard. The ghost is motherfuckers that is up there. And then just call it and be like, hey, listen. The underdogs is the motherfucking list that people be like, nigga. What about me? Okay, all right. So you, Willie Joe, no honorable mentions until the last. No, no, I'm gonna mention my my goat. My goat list is easy. All right, let's go. Willie Joe, go. Go. Goat, top ANRs, number five, man. I gotta say, my boy, man, my first time on a plane going to New York, man, sitting with a label, and he's a goat. KP, number five. Damn. Number four, Irv Gotti. He talking all that shit, but he still is a goat at the ANR. The, the, the people he picked, that era, can, is unmatched. 
number three, the first person to ever show me interest, first person I ever seen where I'm from, be anything outside of a rapper, Secure Stewart, man. R.I.P., man, my brother. Number two, my Atlantic homie, man. I don't think he get enough credit, man. Mike Karen. And number one, the biggest influence of Willie Joe of them all being AR, man. Diddy. Puff Daddy. Sean Diddy Combs, man. Oh! Come on, shout out to New York. Yo, in here. I wasn't ready for that list. That <laughs> list is crazy. Mind blowing. Need some like mind blowing. Okay, you ready? You look I'm like doing shots. No, okay. I, I really am. I, okay. I, I'm gonna do a last minute audible. But oh, nah. see, I'm telling. Nah, let's go. I'm gonna make y'all start submitting before y'all do that. No, we get a change. No, because y'all be in here. Samira, get your list. Samira, get let me get this list. Come on, let's go. Right. So, number five, I'm gonna I'm gonna do the plug. Keep it home, team. My man Don Cannon. Like that. That really. From a person who's a creative, or oh, we ain't doing explanations right now, so we'll come no, back. No, you're on that list, five. All right, Don Cannon, uh, that's, that's that's number five. Number four. Uh, number four, I'm going to go L.A. Reed because I feel like that's just like, it's it's a whole, anyway, we ain't doing that. L.A. Reed, yeah. Um, P. Diddy, number three, cool. Dame Dash, number two. Because the energy, which is the same energy I feel like I've even seen and learned from you over the years, yeah. it's that energy. This is my room. This yes. is the year of the now. Anyway. Yes. And top Irv Gotti, yo. When I seen the documentary and I understood how pivotal he was in the creation of the music, not just the repping the brand. You feel me? Because you can rep the brand all day, but to be creating the bullets that you're shooting and them things is hitting, I'm doing explanation again. But Irv Gotti's number one. All right, my list, motherfuckers. <laughs> hey, I need a real five, too. I don't want no <laughs> more easier. No, it's five, easier. Okay. I told you, go to easier. Yeah. Listen, no decimals. Number right. five is Tunji. Mm. We don't give Tunji enough credit. Mm. Tunji, so I'm going to run through my list. I'm going to go number five is Tunji. Number four is Irv Gotti. Number three is Mark Pitts. Mm. Number oh, two is Jimmy Iovine. Mm, nice. And number one is L.A. Reed. L.A. Reed has done what nobody on his list has ever done. He signed five black acts or five acts period at talent show level and took them all at 10 million albums. What Nobody's five, ever done that. What, what five was Usher, it? Mm -hmm. TLC, mm -hmm. Tony Braxton, Outkast, and if I'm not mistaken, uh, I think the fifth one was Pink. But he signed five acts that came into his office, did a song and dance, and took them to 10 million records each. That's never been done in, in, in the business ever. And none of them helped each other, by the way. It wasn't like it was like Outcast jumped on Usher record. Mm -hmm. No, it was like separate artists all sold 10 million records. So that's why he's number one. Anybody want to explain? Let me hear your list now. Let me explain. Let me, go to your list. Go to your, I want to hear yours. Explain that. Go ahead, Willie Joe. Yeah, yeah. How you get to your list? How you get to your list? How, Which one? The, the, the ghost. How you get to yours? Okay, P. Like. So I, I live out here, and I hear who everybody brings up when they talk culture, when they talk history, like when they talk to big dogs, you know, Jermaine Dupree's, you know, Shocking and Luda and them over there. And it's all a bunch of people that get named, and they all should be named. But I don't be feel, I be feeling like they leave him out. And he's someone that's vital. Like, first and foremost, he brought, he he found this the superstar of the day. Yeah, yeah. Like, period. Like, from the relationship we have for real to 
Wait, even the Cap G, K- KP, world, KP. people see Cap G at the time he saw him and to think what he thought. Like, and then when it happened for him, like, yeah, KP is definitely yeah. somebody I learned from. KP, yeah. KP, and he and he and he humble as hell too. Four, number four. Uh, oh, Herb Gotti, yeah. Like, I was a big fan of the uh, of the murdering, but I think the biggest thing for me was was the trio, was the signing of Ja Rule, the Jay-Z, and the DMX. I think, I think this, that, that core thing was just a whole wave that influenced so many people. You can't take it away from you him. Can't, you can't. And um, three, Shakur Stewart, that's just special to me. Nah, man. he was. I was going to put him on my list, but he passed away. Either, so yeah. I was kind of like, I didn't want to. He kind of lives in his own world, but that's a good one. Yeah, he's he just special to me. And he did similar to Irv Gotti. He signed Rick Ross. And, 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 Jeezy. and Jeezy to Def and Jam Sierra. once the and Sierra once that run was done he created the next run so he definitely should get credit for that and he you know was ahead of his time he died too soon uh, number two Mike Karen uh, you know of course you know I, I be seeing Mike Karen all the time when we go out to New York and be at the office and stuff and I always be tripping just how he be in a cut and quiet and just woo woo and he done did so much he done impacted so many he signed pies he signed. Oh, the list goes on and on. And the people mm. he saw and said, hey, I think he it, and they become it. Like, it's kind of similar to what you just said about L.A. LA Reed. Maybe not that many people like that, but he definitely seen it from the jump, and, and, and we watched it blow up. And number one, Diddy. I, to me, it, it gets no better. Like, just the way he do it, his swag, his confidence, the way he inspire, motivate, you know. And, and to me, the bad boy run is, is unmatched, like – from R&B to rap, like, I feel like everybody, when we talk about New York had it on lock, I think they mainly saying the first The Bad Boy Run. When people used to say, man, it was all, it was all about New York, that was Bad Boy. And, like, Diddy, period. Royce, let's mm. get, break down your list. Uh, let's see. So, I said L.A. Reed, obviously. I won't say, y'all making me put numbers to it. It's not real numbers. But, yeah, L.A. Reed for that point that you made about just the multiplicity of success and it's not necessarily piggybacking off nothing. Um, Irv Gotti, like, under, like, even before he got to the part where he could shoot his shot, just the signing of pivotal figures in history like Jay-Z and DMX, that's that's it. You know what I'm saying? Even Ja Rule in the beginning. Um Dame Dash, again, it was more just the energy and repping for the company. So, like, when you asked me earlier about loyalty to the artist or the company, I feel like he's a representation of it. And that's, to your point about the boutique label, like, that's what that is. He was a boutique label, and he rode for his. So, it's really, he's siding with the artist, but he's going up with the corporation to make sure they get the result that they want type thing. Um, how many is that? Three, four? Who, I, who am I leaving off? Herb. Yeah, I did. Uh, I'm just going to cut it there. Yeah, man. Because everybody was impactful in history. A lot of people, like being a black executive, as you know what I'm saying, like it's something, it's something different because it's like you're of the culture. So it's not just a stock to you. It's like it's the representation of what you grew up on that you now profiting from or trying to increase the profit from. So I'm going to go mine. Tunji, because I seen his young brother go from an intern to the CEO. He signed Bryson Tiller. Uh, he brought uh, Khalid, um, Normani, like his taste is impeccable. And if you, when you were trying to sign an artist back in his, when he was at RCA, if he was in the run-ins, it was his. Period. It was like, oh, Tunji on it? Okay, Tunji gonna get it. Like everybody knew that. Like he, cause he's so lovable. It's one of my favorite people in the entire music business. Irv Gotti, cause he gave us the Holy Trinity, which was Jay-Z, DMX, and Ja Rule. So I can't even take that from him. And he, 
Ashanti and whatever else he did over the time. But I got I gave a Gotti. Mark Pitts because he signed Chris Brown. He did Usher's Confessions album, and he's been Miguel. Uh, but he's been a, 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 an example of what black excellence looks like from an A and R standpoint, right? He keeps it. You know, he's always been respectable. He gave me my first check. Mark Pitts did, yeah. 2005, January 05, Mark Pitts, Jimmy Iovine, because I, and I would have put Jimmy Iovine number one, but Jimmy to me was the, I learned more, well, I learned more for L.A. Reid than him, but Jimmy would just knew how to simplify things. Mm-hmm. i never forget, we was in a meeting with him, and he said, you guys should do a song like Akon, I Want to Fuck You, and, and my guys was like, well, we don't go to the party, he, we don't party like that, he said, I didn't say make a, he said, you fuck, don't you? So I didn't say make a party song, I said make a song about sex, and then he broke down why the song worked. And it was like, I never looked at music like that. And he was just like, you know, I was in a club in Paris and I heard these, these, the song came on and these girls were singing it to me and my old, old, my friends were older than these beautiful women singing to us. And it was like, that's a hit because that song made, the, in no other world do those women sing that song to us or say those lyrics to us. And then L.A. Reid, because Jimmy is the one that told me, he said, nobody's ever done what L.A. Reid has done in history. Bro, this man literally, Atlanta is Atlanta because this man decided to move here. Like, literally, all of us are descendants of what L.A. Reid did as an A&R guy. And whether it's developing uh, Usher, Outkast, Tony Braxton, all those guys. Let's also talk about Shakir Stewart's, KP's, the Ray Daniels, the Chubby Babies, the people of the world that he's developed that have become great because of him and because of his influence. I've learned more from a, as an A&R than I've, from him than I have anybody else. By far, he's like the greatest to ever fucking do it. So I got to put him at the top of my goal list. So that's my list. But I got to do this real quick. Oh, Don't do this. It's going to be a mile oh, long. Oh, yeah, okay. We all got to say I'm awesome. Thank you. Awesome. My, my honorable <laughs> mentions, just off the top of my head, is uh, Sammy Hop, Jermaine Pegas, who used to be my assistant. Now he's doing Gotti and 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 Khaled. Pat Afeku, my bro. Bro, bro, certified. Cannon. Yes, Success, Melita, Orlando, KP. Mike Karen would have been on my list because I've learned, sec- he's the second guy I've learned the most from. But, you know, Mike is incredible A&R, but he doesn't make the process. And I always tell him that it's not as fun with him, but nobody in the history of music is more effective at A&R than Mike Karen. And I ain't gonna lie, Melita really got a whole ecosystem that incredible that people don't incredible. even realize. Like. Incredible. So, and shout out to all my friends in the building. I had 10 minutes to put this list together. If I didn't say you... <laughs> don't feel away. I have 10 minutes to do this shit. Anybody else like that? <laughs> you know, we gave him an assignment. Because honestly, last this night. shit is hard to do and you want to acknowledge your friends, but it's hard to do. So mm-hmm. that's what I'm saying. Anybody else got any honorable mentions before and I And Sycamore. Shout out to Sycamore. I fuck with Sycamore. Yeah. I seen him build Travis uh, Scott from the ground up. Yeah, my honorable mentions is just, you know, people I fool with that I think is in the in the class with me and Royce that we, you know, definitely on their way and mm-hmm. you know they're gonna do great things. The boy Dame, my bay boy. You know what I mean? Over there with CMG and uh, also with Def Jam, putting out records also. My girl Chelsea, I think she's Chelsea so too. Hard. Chelsea's fire. Yeah, she's so Chelsea hard to fire. me. Um, Wayno, my bro. Wayno. I think Wayno's promising, man. I fool with Wayno real hard, man. I think genuine people like that is going to always win, especially when you students of the game like he is. Anybody you want Cosign. Nope. Okay. Cosign All right. So I'm going to ask you guys before you get out of here. Thank you guys one for even sitting down with us. Before you get out of here, tell me, do you guys consider yourself goats or underdogs? I'm an underdog. Why? I'm still on the track, like, running it up. Like, to, to sit here and be able to debate this type of subject matter, even with Ray, like, I've, the, the position that he's in, 
he's been in that type of position to me since the start of my career when I wasn't in this position. So to be able to work up to a point to where it's like, I still don't, it's not even, but it's just like qualified to be in the room to speak on blah, 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 blah. Underdog. I'm still coming up. I like that. Well, you put yourself at the top of the list. So. No, no, he didn't. He said Willie Joe. At, he, Puff was at the top. He oh. said Willie Joe. Me, I'm Willie Joe, to I got to say Puff. Oh, yeah. okay. I'll, yeah, okay. yeah, yeah, definitely. Okay, okay. so <laughs> are you? I was about to say, because you just came out like, I'm number one. But yeah, definitely so. under, underdog on his way to go. Okay, on the way, though. I like that. So, Ray, you got anything you want to say before they head out? Keep a lookout for these young brothers. They smart, intelligent. And we had a good debate. I feel like I need to get Royce back on here to go back and forth. Oh again. yeah, that's a good TV right there. Because he, 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 he want to go at it. I love, I love it. But yo, shout out to these brothers. Thank y'all for coming. I appreciate y'all reaching out. Definitely. You know, I want to shout out my shout out my dog, man, Ken, man, Ken Swanson, BBA man, over there with on BPZ. Happy know, belated yeah. to Willie Joe too. I know he just had a birthday. Oh. Yeah, and Ken yeah. birthday. birthday and Ken too. Ken yeah. birthday was yesterday. Yeah, yeah. Happy birthday, cousin Ken. Ken. Man. We all, all right. came up together. Thank you, man. Great all right, show. Thank you once again. My name is Tamara, aka Girl from Harlem. That's Ray Daniels. Ray Daniels, I'm this motherfucker. <laughs> and this is the God Show. Thank you, guys. Yo. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.